What line? What did line? I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Okay. Action. What is line? I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Scene 112, take 13, mark it, action. I did not hit her, I... Okay, okay, line. I did not hit her, it's not true, it's bullshit. I did not hit her, I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Take 17, action. I hit her. No. What is up and welcome back to another episode of Rotten Potatoes, a podcast where four friends sit down and review movies that you absolutely should have seen by now, but at least one of us hasn't. My name's Tyler and I'm here with three of my best friends. What's up? I'm Scott. I'm I'm Jacob, but I go by Jake and I'm, I have more to say on that after we get started. Okay, I'm Zach. <laughs> I, Do I, you, is your name not no. Zach? Do you go by something else? No, I mean, yeah. it, it is Zach, and I do go by Zach. Yeah. I just, yeah. I'm tired of, uh, like, people finding out years into knowing me that my name is Jacob, and then, like, getting mad at me that how, I didn't say it. How is that a thing? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like those people are lunatics. It's I would have said that, but it's happened to me so many times that I... I guess they're, I guess I'm wrong. I know more people. I don't know. I think I know one person whose name is just Jake. All the other Jakes I know are Jacobs. I know nobody. I've never met one. Jake. Yeah, I've never uh, met one. But I, I promised, uh, apparently, a friend of the show, Jayhan, who I used to work at GameStop with, found out through our podcast. And he was like, how have you been lying to me? We've known each other for 10 years. <laughs> and he's like, how have you been lying to me this whole time? I was like, I don't think I lied to you. Uh, but I'm sorry. I told him I would apologize. Uh, and I'm just setting the record straight. Well, I'm going to ruin uh, a like future security question for me, password security question. Uh, but my dad's name, my dad's given first name is Johnny. I had no idea. It's not like he goes by Chad. Uh, so that's his middle name. Chad is his middle name. Uh, but his name is not John. His name is Johnny. See that two ends or one? Oh, two that. ends. See, like his if, name if, on his birth certificate Johnny? is Johnny Bianco. Is Chad his middle name? Yeah. J-O-H-N-N-Y. If I found that out, I would be surprised. J O H N N Y. You know what? We're all less mad finding that out than most people are finding out Jake's name is Jake. Apparently. Yeah. No, I've been called a liar. I think probably ten times for that or just for in that, general for that. Okay. I've been called a liar way more than unrelated. 10 times. Yeah, unrelated, oh. unrelated. But for this, probably ten times, we've been like, I feel like you've lied to me. Wow. Yeah. It's it's so like I would just assume. Why would you not just assume that Jake is short for Jacob? I don't know. That's so weird. Yeah. I, and you know what? Like people could say the same thing about me, but I've never had anyone be upset when they find out that it's short for Zachary. I don't know, yeah. man. People are pretty upset when they find out Scott's short for uh, Scothew. Yeah. Really? yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. I was going to make a Scothew joke <laughs> earlier, and then I let it go. Uh-huh. But uh, we are reviewing, uh, we're reviewing a, a movie that I like a lot and is, uh, frankly, very newly dear to my heart, uh, The Disaster Artist. 
but before we jump into that, I want to give a, a brief, uh, very selfish shout out. Uh, my nephew was just born literally moments ago. Very excited. Uh, we have a, a, a new, I guess, tiny tater tot, tiny tater tot in our, in our, cause she's, they've been, uh, like making her, him listen to us through the womb. Right? Oh yeah. No, I, I called my brother and I was like, okay, put the, put the headphones around her stomach, around her, around her womb. Well, you know, was he telling her it was like classical music or something to like enhance the baby's mind, but really it was us. No, she's a tot too. No, okay. she was, yeah, he was pretty straight up with her about it. Okay. Yeah. Which that's was, a, I think, is the the right move. No, that's the right call. I'm just yeah. surprised. I'm surprised that they would want their baby to hear us. They they chose to indoctrinate their child with our with I'm, our voices. I'm honored. <laughs> just Tyler's episodes, though. That's fine. I'm still on them. Yeah, you're. Yeah, you're. You're all. It's not like they're isolating Tyler's track. No, I'm just saying. No, like, they're doing that too. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of work. There's a lot of work. Well, yeah. Scott's yeah. doing. We it. didn't record it that way. Yeah. <laughs> Scott's doing it for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been working with them. I multi-track record everything and send them just Tyler's audio. That's really nice of you. I know it's a it's a really big investment in my nephew. Yeah, I think he's a future star, and this is going to get him there. Yep, hearing Tyler's voice and the, hearing Tyler's voice with it, long pauses. Yeah, it's like parts of the conversation. It's really just the recording of my laugh. Mm. you know that everyone's mm. hoping really makes it through but yeah, yeah. uh well we, i think he can hear that from here uh so <laughs> like right now yeah yeah it's <laughs> like what is that thanks for your thanks for leaving the window open for that so that my nephew mm-hmm. three thousand miles away can hear it wouldn't laugh. have made a difference yeah <laughs> <laughs> we left the window open so that it wouldn't shatter the window on the way out uh, <laughs> Oh man! All right. Well, we're uh, we're gonna be talking about the disaster artist. Uh, I picked this movie because, uh, to be honest, a couple of reasons. One, I can't remember who told me. So, if you are a tot and you're listening, I'm very sorry. Uh, but I remember someone specifically telling me that uh, they loved, they were obsessed with the impact of the room being the worst movie of all time. And she told me, "You guys should do a double feature." of the room and the disaster artist. And I thought, well, that's a good idea. Maybe we'll get around to that. That sounds like bonus content. Uh, and then, uh, about a month ago, I went with, uh, another tot Mitchell. So shout out to Mitchell. Uh, he invited me to go see the room in theaters. And ever since I had seen this movie, the disaster artist that we're about to review, I've wanted to go see the room in theaters because it's just supposed to be like one of those cult like experiences that you just have to have if you know, you love movies in the way that I love movies and I've wanted to do it. He invited me down to San Diego. I watched the room in theaters and I got to tell you, it was my favorite movie watching experience I've ever had in my life or yeah, my favorite movie watching experience. Um, definitely my favorite theater experience of all time. Jake, you would have hated it. Yeah, no, I was going to say I, in that same theater, just days before you did that, uh, went to see one of the other worst movies of all time. Saw X, (laughs) (laughs) but this, this one, the room is at least had some time to earn that title. Yeah. Saw X. It's a new entry into the worst. 
I don't know what I would have rather watched, and I don't really want to watch the room to find out. <laughs> well, you would have hated this experience, Jake, because everyone was the entire time uh, laughing, screaming, chanting. Uh, every time water came on screen, everyone chant like screamed water at the top of their lungs. Why? <laughs> uh, there is like a there's a scene, and they kind of show a clip of this happening. Although I didn't understand it in the credits of the Disaster Artist. There's uh any time that you're in the room in the movie, the room, the the living room. There's like four pieces of art up that are just illustrations of a spoon and every time a spoon comes on screen a spoon painting comes on screen people just throw plastic spoons up in the air i would have been furious uh (laughs) and like at at one point like the 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 two characters this isn't necessarily depicted in the movie um the disaster artist but sort of alluded to when they go up to san francisco and they're like throwing the football around uh, in the movie The Room, there's like a, a three-minute sequence of no dialogue of the two main characters, Tommy and uh, the best friend, Mark, uh, just jogging uninterrupted for three minutes with no dialogue. <laughs> and during that sequence, like a dozen people like got up from their seats and just did <laughs> laps around the theater <laughs> while they were jogging and everyone else in the audience cheered them on. Did while you they like a middle school pep rally? Basically, <laughs> that's what this was. It doesn't sound too different from what I've heard uh, going to see the Taylor Swift movie in theaters. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've that seen was, those videos. That yeah. was airing uh, in the theater. Like I, I walked past it and I heard the, the raucous from the theater yeah. as I walked past it. So I can imagine that's true. The Taylor Swift movie it seems like such a disaster that people like I, I went to go see Killers of the Flower Moon and I there, apparently someone was like in this theater they're only playing Taylor Swift movie Tuesday or sorry Thursday through Sunday. Don't go see Killers of the Flower Moon while they're playing the Taylor Swift movie because you're going to be able to hear them screaming from other theaters because this movie is so quiet and they are so loud because Taylor Swift, the least considerate person decided to tell them to act like they were at a real concert. Oh yeah. For the movie. Totally. In a movie theater. Well, I mean, (laughs) when I, when I walked from outside the theater, uh, Mitchell and I were walking up to the, we were trying to find the theater to be honest. Cause Jake, you know, you've been there. It's like tucked in the middle of the, uh-huh. sort of shopping center. Yeah. The entrance is kind of in the middle. And so you approach from the outside and they have the marquee and you just have to walk around for like 200 yards until you find the entrance of the theater. It's a little weird, but as we're like walking around trying to find the entrance, we passed by, I'm guessing the emergency exit door for the Taylor Swift movie because it was immediately so loud coming through even just that door. As if I couldn't dislike Taylor Swift and her fans more. (laughs) She found a way. (laughs) Well, thanks, Mitchell, for uh, inviting me to go see the room in theaters. And as a result, I had to pick the disaster artist. In fact, I had had switched out something I was looking forward to uh, so that we could review this movie. So that's why I picked it. Scott, do you want his with a little bit of just the facts? Yeah. So this was directed by James Franco. It was written by Scott Neustader. Uh, Michael Weber and Greg Sestero uh, released December 8th, 2017 runtime of 104 minutes. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 91%. IMDb gave it a 7.3 had a box office of 29 million on a $10 million budget. Uh, 
So that's a 2.9 return. Did not win any awards, but it uh, was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. And you, that that third writer, Greg Sestero, in that list, mm-hmm. Greg Sestero is Mark. So he's the mm-hmm. guy who play who's played by Dave Franco in the Got movie. It. Yeah, so wait, it's, it's based on a book. That that's what I was about. Play, yeah. yeah, which I which I I listened to the audiobook of a few years back. Um, it was pretty interesting. Greg's book, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh hi, Greg. Oh hi, Greg. No, it's hi, Mark. Oh but, hi, Mark. But if it's but it's that Greg plays Mark in the movie. I get oh. so Dave plays bit. Greg, <laughs> who's playing Mark in the room. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> can I can I tell you guys something? I from this movie do not know what the room is about. N- the The room is not about anything. It, it is okay. it is truly an unhinged film. That's what I kind of was. I was going to ask since you had watched it because I was like, I don't know what this movie is about, but I don't know if that's just because it was written by Crazy Man. Yeah. Okay. It was. It was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's. It, it, I mean, watching what you it, saw, what I mean, you saw in the movie it, seems to be pretty closely accurate to real life. It's about a. It's about a man who has a wife, and the wife cheats on him, and he is not fed even up. a wife. By the way, it's a little confusing in the movie. Oh, they're sometimes they're they, engaged. Are they getting married? Sometimes they're engaged and they're about to get married. Yeah. Sometimes they're just boyfriend and girlfriend. Okay. And then at a couple of times they're referenced as husband and wife, but then she's like, but we're not married. And it's, it's very oh, confusing. Yeah. yeah. Wait, he in the, in the movie, he says, you're my wife. And she says, it's something like that. <laughs> no, it's someone else says like your husband and he's, and she's like, but we're not even married. But like at one point, they do all dress up in tuxedos like the wedding's about to happen and they go play football, but then the wedding never happens. This is about as much confusion as I have <laughs> yeah. around Dom and Letty's, Letty's oh, wedding. Oh, it's, it's way more confusing than Dom and Letty's wedding. Okay. It's, it's even more confusing than that. Yeah. But essentially, it's, it's him. He gets cheated on and then he kills himself. Yeah. Okay. Which I feel like you could maybe say is a metaphor for Tommy feeling like Lisa's the world and the right. world rejects Tommy's they, they don't appreciate what he what he has to offer to Hollywood and to the world. And and Tommy has gone on record saying that the the like analysis that shows up in this movie that it's like, oh yeah, the the universe is, you know, Tom or like the universe is Lisa and Tommy's been betrayed by the universe. Tommy's like, yeah, no, that's that's true. That's, that that's, tracks. That, that's yeah. That's that's an Sounds appropriate way to read. I, the, I feel like that's <laughs> Tommy's like. Uh, yeah, that's what I want. Yeah, that's what I want. That sounds good. That was basically what it sounded like when I heard him say it. That so. was way better than what was I was he thinking. was he there? I know sometimes he'll like show up to these. Uh, he screenings. wasn't. He wasn't at my screening. No, okay. I I heard him say that in the director's commentary of this movie, The Disaster Artist. Did they have him on the director's commentary? It was James, Dave, uh, Tommy, Greg, and the two other writers of this movie all together on the That's commentary. That's amazing. It I was, it was terrific. I, I learned a lot about how real this was. I feel like I know more than I need to know about this story, but I kind of still want to watch it's, that. It's incredible. It was it was so worth it. I I highly recommend it. Just to even hear Tommy and Greg talk about some of the moments in this movie and be like, "Yep, that's yep that that's what happened." Like, 
or like at times Greg was like, yeah, you kind of captured it better than like, you know, like you conveyed it more truly than how it happened. But like, that's how I felt, you know? So anyway, uh, Zach, you had obviously seen this movie before. I had, yeah. What do you think watching it again? Um, I yeah, I liked this movie. Um, I had a good time with it. I think it's a fun movie. Um, it's definitely fun if you have seen the room and kind of have just like an an awareness of what it is. Uh, but I I think it's like it works well enough on its own to where you don't necessarily need that. And I could be wrong because I don't know. Scott and Jake, like how much you guys kind of knew about the rumor, that whole thing beforehand. So maybe I'm wrong on that. But I remember I saw it with Kate in theaters. She had no idea what the room was and she still had a good time watching it. Um, yeah, I, I think it's funny. Uh, one of my favorite aspects of this movie is just seeing like all the famous people in this movie. There were so many more than I remembered being in it. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. Um, I think it's a good time. Yeah, I had, uh, before I uh, pass it off to Jake, I, uh, I had seen, I had seen disaster artists before I saw the room. Okay. What'd you think of it then? The first time you saw I, it, I liked it and then I saw the room and then I felt like I understood it even more and then I liked it more and then I understood, and then I saw the room in a crowd and truly that's the way to see the room like in mm-hmm. a crowd. Don't see it by yourself. Yeah. That's how I've watched the room and it's awful. Yeah, I I wouldn't. I the first time I watched the room, I watched it by myself. I did and watch it, was it awful. with one person, and so first thirty minutes was like choose a crowd. The the novelty wore off really quick. That's fair, Jake. Uh, you were a late bloomer to this movie, The Disaster Artist. Yeah, what do you think? So I had some familiarity with the room because the room got memed pretty hard when this movie came out. Oh sure, and I I got very quickly annoyed by the room and the room memes because I had a professor who worked them into every slide of her, ah. her slide deck. <laughs> um, and it was just like, it, it just like didn't make any sense. And then it was yeah. like, just like an, Oh, hi Mark. And I, I hate, I hate, <laughs> I was really annoyed. So I'm glad that we had five years of separation from that just so I could get over my annoyance at it. Uh, I didn't really like this movie. Honestly, okay. I, Zach said two things that resonated with me, but maybe in a way that he didn't mean to. One is I feel like I know more about this than I wanted to know. I don't, I don't think this was necessarily a story that needed to be told. And it wasn't one that I really wanted to hear. If I'm honest, wow. All right. I got over right. the novelty of the move. The novelty of Tommy being a freak wore off pretty much after the first scene that he was in. I was like, all right, uh, there's a lot more of this movie left and I'm pretty <laughs> over just watching this freak uh, be a freak. Uh, and by the way, of all of the movie stars we've ever talked about, Tommy is the most likely to ever hear this. I was yeah. just going to say that. <laughs> he, he is notorious for listening to things that come out about him. So, uh, well, all right. He doesn't seem like he was a very, doesn't seem like he's a very nice guy. So I don't know that I care. Uh, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't think that guy true. to... To Hollywood. Hollywood. He paid for the whole thing. And then, and then he refused to pay for air conditioning or water and almost killed an old woman and humiliated another girl for like having a mole. Like, <laughs> oh, totally. He didn't yeah. seem like a nice dude or like he was just like, I don't know. I mean, he's definitely a very <laughs> troubled human. That's for sure. I just got, I was over it pretty quickly and I, I had a hard time. There were parts that I liked and I think that like 
I think this movie has a little bit of a quality of Napoleon Dynamite for me, where if I was to watch sections of it, not having had to sit through all of it, like our opening clip, I thought was funny. But when we got to it, I just was fatigued in the movie. So I was like, ah, okay. But then we, we listened to it now. I was like, oh, that's pretty funny. So I think that, I don't know. I don't think I liked the movie. I think that pieces of it are enjoyable to watch, but I wouldn't want to, uh, I wouldn't want to watch it again. I also didn't really like uh, the what's his name character who was his friend, uh, Greg. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't 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 believe that he fumbled Malcolm in the Middle and Allison Brie uh, for this movie. I mean, it happened in real life. I know. I just couldn't. So. I know. I, I just couldn't believe that that guy did. I can't believe that guy did that. Oh, yeah. Okay. I can't, I can't believe it. Did you know that uh, Allison Brie is actually Dave Franco's wife? I did. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was just funny the way the way you phrased that. I was like, well, he actually didn't fumble Allison yeah. Brie because uh, he nailed that. Yeah. And, he, and Greg Sestero did, also did not fumble. Did Alison not Brie. fumble Allison Brie. <laughs> well, whoever whoever the sure, real sure, girl sure, was, sure. I yeah. forget her name. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah, fair enough. It's uh, I think you're going to be in good company, and I was saving uh, <laughs> I was saving Scott for last. Scott, what do you think watching this movie? <laughs> so I started it. I uh, got about two minutes in. <laughs> two minutes. All right. <laughs> Maybe a couple more. It was. It wasn't very long, and I was like, I'm just not ready to watch this right now. <laughs> <laughs> like whatever space I'm in, I don't know what it is. But it's, it's, <laughs> it's not, not this. this. <laughs> <laughs> so then I tried again, like a, a few days later, and pretty much this, I got another couple minutes in, and oh I was my like, gosh. No. Still not. <laughs> did you rewatch the same couple minutes or did you start? I picked up where I was. <laughs> did you just watch this movie in a couple minute break? Um, How many viewings did this take? Well, then on my third one, I was like down to the wire because I had two days left <laughs> yeah. to watch all of the movies, all four of the ones we were recording. Oh, wow. You usually like plan ahead of time. Normally, I'm like months. Yeah. <laughs> I had watched. I watched all of these in the last two days. Why? I, wait, hold on. I Why did question. you do that? for you then because a couple weeks ago you said I'm going to be critical of Blade Runner I didn't like it uh-huh but you just watched it two days ago I hadn't seen it I was just lying in our group chat so you wouldn't change the movie <laughs> oh okay <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to because well you had talked about changing it and I was like if I make it seem like I watched it you're not going to change it that's true but I had already it was already too late yeah, at that well, point that's the only reason I was doing it I was just trying to make it seem like I'd already watched it okay um so yeah, uh, it was hard to get past just his character a little bit, and just I mean, I, James Franco probably did an amazing job uh-huh. like playing this guy, but it was just hard to get past. But after I got into it a little bit, it wasn't that bad. Um, I definitely think it was um, an okay time. Like it wasn't uh, Napoleon Dynamite to me, where like it was incoherent. Like it actually was like a story. Um. I, all that being said, I would never watch this by myself again. I would pr- consider watching it with a group again, probably similar to the actual movie, The Room. I think this is probably like what you said, like funnier in pieces than having to watch the whole thing at once for me. Yeah, and uh, to be clear, I don't think this movie was near Napoleon Dynamite bad. I was just saying that that is the- <laughs> It was the, reminiscent. That's yeah. the way that I like to consume Napoleon Dynamite right. is in chunks. Like I, I pick a scene, I watch it, and I'm like, that's very funny. Yeah. But if I sit down to watch Napoleon Dynamite, I want to kill myself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you assume that this movie equally is a yeah. little bit just, just the sum of its parts. 
Like it's yeah. not it's not greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah, and I or I think it's less than the sum of its parts. Where I think you 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 take a chunk, and I'm like, that's pretty funny. But then if I had to watch the whole thing, I would. Ah, uh, got you it. Know? Yeah. So, yeah, I I want to not like it, but it's hard to not like it because it's based on such a crappy movie to begin with. That I'm just like, maybe it nailed it. Maybe this was like a perfect movie and I just don't know. I haven't seen the room. Right. Um, I, I, Oh, I'm sorry. I cut, I was cutting you off. So I would say I'm a little not sure where I'm going to rate this right now. I'm interested to hear what, where our conversation goes. Uh, definitely not going to be super high. I don't think it would be super low either. Um, I mean, I think there was a lot of fun things in the movie. I did love the huge cast. It, like it was like every other scene, there's like a new person. I was like, Oh, that person, why is this person in yeah. this movie? Uh, which for a movie like this is fun in a movie that's serious. I don't like that. Cause I'm like, you're just so distracting from the story. And in this, I wanted to be distracted from the story. <laughs> and so that helped actually a little bit. Um, but yeah, I thought cinematography was good. Uh, I don't really recall the, uh, the score at all, but, I think that this movie had more people I recognize in it than Lincoln. Like I recognized. Yeah, that people. might be like, true. Yeah. Most, I feel like most of the actors and actresses in this movie were like a big deal. Cause they had like, even like in like the guys selling them in the equipment was like Hannibal Burris and Jason Menzoukas. So uh-huh. it's like, okay, these are pretty big actors to have a non part in mm-hmm. this yeah. film. I recognized everybody that worked in that place. I think a couple of them were in the league together. Yeah. But like, it was just like, no, not even like even the people that weren't super famous. I was like, I've seen you in something. Yeah. Which is nuts. Which, and I will say, by the way, like watching the room after the disaster artist, uh, the character that, or the, yeah, the character that, that Nathan Fielder is portraying. It, it's exactly the same like energy, like watching the room, that character, you're like, you're just Nathan Fielder. Like you're a poor man's Nathan Fielder. Like it was perfectly cast that tiny role. I was, I was shocked that Nathan Fielder was in it for so long before he had a line. Yeah. What's I didn't realize that that other guy was Zac Efron. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't recognize you without the beard. I was like, honestly, I didn't recognize him either. Chris R. Oh, like you didn't know that was Zac till the end of the movie. Not until the very end of the movie. I was like, Oh, Oh, that was Zac Efron. Huh? Uh, Do I have to say the R? Okay. So, uh, uh, Tommy, apparently really wants to make another feature film titled Chris R. Mm. <laughs> Would you go see it? I will after this. I won't. Not alone, but I mean, I don't I'm think I'll see ever see the, the room. I don't think I'll ever. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm picking up that we're not, RP is not going to do the room. No. I would do it for this I would podcast, but I guarantee you it's going to be the closest zero I've ever rated something. I oh, think oh, the yeah. only I feel like that'd be a little mean if we like actually did it for the like in in season and rated it i I feel feel like part of this i part of my problem with this movie is i felt it was a little bit mean like i felt like this movie okay that's interesting i want to lean into that yeah Yeah, no keep going with that and maybe it was just how i had maybe i don't know i just felt like this movie was made to kind of make fun of tommy to kind of portray him in a bad light and it just didn't feel like it felt a little bit mean to me. Like when I was saying like, he's, he's a freak. I felt a little bit bad for that because I was like, the, I think the movie, what I was watching, I was like, the movie is trying to make me think he's a freak so bad and so weird and such a not nice dude. Uh, and I don't know anything. Maybe, maybe he probably isn't, 
But I just felt like this movie was a little bit mean. It was a little bit made to make fun of something that somebody wanted to make. So I, I love that you brought this up. I think it's like the quintessential conversation of this movie because it's a movie about a bad movie and it's called the disaster artist. Like we know it was a disaster. Uh-huh. Like, um, and I'm glad you brought that up because I felt the same thing the first time I watched it. I felt like it was a little bit mean as well. Um, having like seen the room a little bit in theaters was part of my like change of perspective on this, but also like sitting through like, and listening to a lot of people talking about this movie, the disaster artists that were a part of it. And also listening to like Greg and Tommy talk about it outside of the director's commentary, but also like with the director's commentary, I think I realized that like, in so many ways, this is really a celebration of like, this is a celebration of something that like, uh, that was intended to be one thing, but was received as another kind of like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance kid. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, absolutely. I I was was the only thing I could think about. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Exactly in that same way. And, and so I appreciate it in that sense. Cause like, I like one thing that like after watching the room in theaters with a bunch of people who were like super excited about how bad this movie was, but like I was the uninitiated, like everyone else in the theater, including my friend Mitchell, like knew what the right, like, liturgy was next like it was a very like church-like experience if you've ever been to like catholic mass where it's like call and response Mm -hmm. like i felt like i didn't know any of the responses at first but like everyone else in the theater knew the response and it was it was a sense of like even though i'm we're all laughing at this we're all just getting so much genuine joy from it and from each other that like somehow it transcends like it transcends making fun of somebody because they're able to in hindsight laugh too. I, and that's, that's conveyed in the film too. Like you see footage of what you just experienced. Oh yeah. And so I think that like having, maybe not having been there, it's still like all of that is at his expense and at its expense. Like I'm getting genuine joy, but I'm getting genuine joy out of being mean to you. Uh, and like he, yeah. And Tommy, I feel and like that's, is, but, and, and there's a little bit of, you're right. There's a little bit of sense of community with all of the people in the movie, the disaster artists that while they're making it, they're making fun of him while it's happening. Uh-huh. You're right. Um, but then by the same token, like there's just, I don't know. There's something to like, it, to be honest, even like just hearing Tommy's voice, you know, the guy who paid $6 million to make this awful movie, um, that he, like that whole scene at the end, like him talking about like, or uh, the, the scene at the end where like he walks out of the theater upset and Greg kind of like tells him like, dude, they're, they love this. Like Tommy was like, that all literally happened that night. Like, I really turned around and saw and felt that like these people loved it. And for years later, for over a decade later, like he's packing out movie theaters still to like, 
people to come and laugh at this movie. And he's okay with that. Like, he's like, it wasn't what I intended, but I'm happy with what it is. Like, I'm happy it brings people joy. I wanted to communicate who I was. And I felt like I did that. And yeah, like, I thought it was serious. Everyone else thought it was funny, but I recognize how funny it is. Like, I don't know. There's something beautiful about that humility and that sense of like, I don't know, like he put his heart out there and like even James Franco, like in, in like talking with him, like it's funny to watch them in interviews or to like hear the director's commentary, which again, I, I think you should, but like James Franco, when he's like talking to Tommy, he, he sometimes like emulates his voice a little bit, like but he also just has completely emulated his speech pattern. Like he'll be talking to Tommy and he'll be like, uh, like Tommy Wiseau typically like leaves out like certain conjunctives in like his sentence structure because he's not a native English speaker. And like James like leaves those out in the same way that Tommy does now. He's from big easy. <laughs> he's from <laughs> Nalan. Uh, and like, I don't know, just even that like sense of like connection, like that, like this guy, Tommy, like put his heart and soul out to the world and the world didn't reject him. They embraced him. Yeah, sure. There is a sense of like this art that you created is crazy. It's ludicrous. It's so incoherent and nonsensical. And it just is funny because it's so incoherent. But the fact that he's laughing too makes me feel like this is this is authentic human connection, you know? I feel like it's not all that different, Jake, than the way that you and I talk about, like, butt rock. Mm. Where... Yeah, I'm not saying that that's nice. <laughs> I know, I know, but it does also, like, we, you know, we are kind of making fun of it a little bit, but also there's, like, a place of, like, this enjoyment, like, rock. genuine enjoyment that we have when we like listen to butt rock and those bands. And we do have like a, a kind of a sense of love for like, at least some of the songs that's. And it's fair. Kind of, it's kind of both, you that's know, fair. And that's interesting. Like you can have a, this is crap, but I still love it. Even though like I don't love it for the right of reasons. Fast and Furious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like the entire franchise I, so far. Contest I that that I have that feeling about Fast and Furious. <laughs> oh, I know you I do don't. now. I'm saying I do now. I'm saying the Fast and Furious fans, a large part of them don't think they're good. They just enjoy the movies. A lot of Fast and Furious fans I know think they're good and like that's them. true. But there not are all. some. Not all. Not all. Most of the Fast fans that I've talked to are like, yeah, we know they suck, but still do it. All right, but it's good. That's, that's something I can get on board with, and that's why I don't watch professional wrestling anymore, but that's one of the things I love about professional right. wrestling. So I can get on board with that, and that's an interesting way of thinking about it, Zach. And now I need to think about that. Yeah, yeah, I can, yeah. I can render a verdict. Scott, what, uh, I mean, you told me at least off pod that mm -hmm. you really hated James Franco's portrayal of this character or maybe not portrayal, but you just hated watching him. He just didn't seem like a real person. Right. Like he, he felt fake and, uh, I, you know, the way he like talked and interacted with people, it was just like a lot to handle like that person would be in real life. Yeah. <laughs> And once again, I don't know how accurate of a portrayal he he did. Did you watch to the post credit sequence? 
I no. As soon as credits hit, I turned it off. <laughs> really? I there, never watched. There's credits. a there's a pretty great post credit sequence where they're just at a rooftop party and James Franco playing Tommy and actual Tommy Wiseau have a conversation and it's pretty hilarious. Oh, I thought you were referring to like when you see the actual scene. No, that's like in the credits. Oh, I didn't know that there was a post credit. Yeah, scene. there's a post credit scene oh. like at the very end of the credits. Okay, got it's it. It's just. Three minutes of James Franco talking as Tommy Wiseau to Tommy Wiseau. That that's why I was surprised, Scott, that you said that. You, I mean, did I you not watch, Scott that, watch either? that either? From what it sounds, the, the, like. the, I stopped the, the shot by shot comparison. It was done. As soon as the movie was done, I turned it off. Okay, well, just so you know, uh, they like they recreated frame for frame, uh, like twenty five minutes of this movie of the room. Mm. for the disaster artist mm -hmm. they didn't use all of it and so everything that they didn't use they put in the credits like before the credits roll mm -hmm. they like literally showed them side by side um but yeah like all the the cast and crew talked a lot about in making this movie the disaster artist they were like it was insane like it was James Franco playing Tommy the entire time, like not quite method acting, but he would just kind of slip in and out of like being Tommy, but he's being Tommy uh, for the disaster artist while being Tommy making the room. So he's making two movies at once playing as three different people as James Franco, the director, Tommy Wiseau, the director, Tommy Wiseau, the actor, like it's it's a little meta and intense. It's a little insane. Glad I didn't watch it. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, let's move on. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's something I want to. NBD. I, I, was, right. I was gonna say, like, method acting always sounds unpleasant and exhausting, but I can't think of anyone that I'd want to method act as less than Tommy Wiseau. Oh, totally. What about the Joker? I yeah, you might kill yourself. I think that Tommy Wiseau might be worse. Uh, yeah, I might want to kill I myself. I, as I think Tommy. As I would well. want to kill myself if I was Jared Leto method acting the Joker. Uh, if okay, if I did the things that he did, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to kill. Here's myself. the real, but but here's the real <laughs> task: is you, Jake, method act as Jared Leto, method acting as the Joker. I get to the part where I method act Jared Leto, and you then I jump in front of a bus. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what Jared Leto would do? No, that's what I would do having to do the having to get into his head. One of uh one of the things that that I thought was I don't know, interesting about this movie is that in so many ways it's really a family affair. Uh so you have James who's working with uh Seth to make this movie. Are they related? No, but they've been working together since Freaks and Geeks since they mm. were teenagers. They're probably like blood they, brothers. They they met uh, they met as teenagers and they came up together and many of their movies they've collaborated on mm -hmm. together. And so that's very familial in a lot of ways. Um, like it's two best friends. Uh, but then also like obviously James decided to cast his little brother as his co-star uh, and decided to cast his little brother's wife as his little brother's love interest. Like there's a lot of like, there's a lot of layers of, of built in chemistry. Um, I personally felt that 
play out on the screen, but I wanted to know if you guys felt like this was like a, like we talked about it being a star stag cast. Did you guys also feel like it was a cohesive cast? I don't feel like anybody could ever have chemistry with anybody trying to be Tommy Wiseau. I don't feel like there was any chemistry. That's crazy. There. Cause I feel like there's such strong chemistry between, I, I mean like just like on purpose, there is a ton, like the whole purpose of the movie is really about of the disaster artist is how a friendship can survive such a colossal like commercial failure. And like, I feel like we feel all of that. Like the connection between Tommy and Greg is super palpable. I didn't understand their friendship because I found Tommy so alien and weird. <laughs> that I don't think I could see the chemistry. Really? When just, you were 19, would you have moved to a different city with someone like that? No. <laughs> I I don't know, man. Like I we've had the, we've yeah, had this conversation before though to that's where like not Jake true. because Jake you were a mature like young person. And so then when a like maybe more <clears throat> dumb, immature, like irresponsible young person does something that doesn't make sense to you, it like takes you out of the movie. Where sometimes I think that that can be, like, realistic. I don't think that, yeah, I, don't, I, I think the thing was that I found, like, I think I can kind of take myself out of the equation and understand that, that young people will do these things. I just couldn't understand Tommy, like, the connection to Tommy, because he was so weird. But yeah, I'm talking about the, I, the connection to Greg, though. I, you know? yeah, I, yeah, I had I had connections when I was young with a couple of people that were older than me by quite a bit, by, you know, probably around this age gap, maybe a little less that How were, old is he? we don't know. He's, uh, he's still to this age. day, he like refuses to like tell Say anyone his age. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like I, I had relationships like that and Jake, I mean, like we were like, you became friends of me and Scott and there was a huge age disparity there. But you like, guys are like normal. Here's, here's, how, here's like, how it makes I don't know that. Jake, I, you want to move with me to San Francisco? <laughs> I really don't like San to Francisco. make movies. <laughs> here's how it makes sense to me is um, I feel like the film, the disaster artist portrays Greg. Maybe you guys get a different read. I don't really get the impression that he has a lot of friends in this movie. He's playing football with like the little kids you know and he's in theater class and he seems very insecure very unsure of himself and then tommy comes around and like like forces him like pulls him out of his shell and kind of in some ways i feel like kind of like inspires confidence in him and a sense of like spontaneity to his life that his life did not have prior um he, he takes him on a road trip to go see james dean's grave um, and then also not only that, and maybe this is a little like opportunistic on his part, but he has a way to Hollywood through Tommy. And so it's like this, like logistically makes sense for me. I got all that. I think Tyler was asking about, did I feel chemistry between them? And I just don't oh. feel like Tommy has chemistry with anybody. So like the character Tommy is so weird that I didn't feel like he had chemistry with anybody because he's so unrelatable to everybody. I actually, I, I am definitely on Tyler's side with this, that I did feel very much chemistry between the two. And I feel like this movie, and you could almost make the case was like, it was this like a little like romanticized or not, but the fact that Greg and Tommy still like collaborate together and still work together, I think goes to show that Greg has like a genuine, they have a show on Hulu. That he has a genuine like compassion for and like love for Tommy that maybe wasn't there like right away, but definitely has developed over time. And um, I, I think you can get that in the movie. 
I'm not doubt like I'm not doubting that they have a real friendship. I'm just saying it didn't it, it, it didn't feel I didn't feel the chemistry like he was saying. I felt the chemistry. Oh, I, yeah, I definitely, I definitely felt it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm I, guessing. I don't disagree with you guys. Like I feel like whenever those actors are together, like there's always chemistry. Mm. The other people, I could see it, but I don't know. Tommy was just too weird to me. <laughs> I mean, he's very weird, but I I don't know. He doesn't seem that uh, complex to me. I don't, I don't know. I, maybe I don't understand. I didn't like, say complex. I said alien. Yeah, but I, I'm, I guess I'm just saying like to understand somebody like I can't understand complex individuals. I can very understand weird but simple individuals like that's that's pretty easy to understand and easy to empathize with. Like, I feel like we're we're spending too much time on this, but I'm not saying right. I didn't under, I'm not saying I didn't understand Tommy. No, yeah, I'm saying I just didn't feel any chemistry between him and anyone. That's fair because I think he was a weirdo. <laughs> I, I feel like he had chemistry with Greg at the beginning and then after the girlfriend thing is when the, the chemistry really shifted a lot. Which narratively right. yeah, makes narratively sense. Narratively makes yeah. sense, yeah. Uh, what about, uh, what do you guys think about, uh, I mean, we've talked about some, that there is a big cameo cast. Uh, what do you guys think about some of these cameos? In particular, I actually really liked, uh, um, Jake, who were you just talking about uh, that you didn't recognize? Zac Efron. Zac Efron. Oh, yeah. I in particular really liked Zac Efron. I think I liked Zac Efron even better because I didn't recognize him initially. Right. And then when he showed up, I was like, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Zac Efron's my favorite. I think he's the funniest cameo that comes up in this movie but i remember thinking when the cast was announced and then more specifically when i saw like people in costume tyler the way that you were describing how that dude was the perfect nathan fielder <laughs> that's how i felt about josh hutcherson's character oh yeah denny. yeah and i think because denny is the character in the room that maybe makes less sense to me than tommy way less sense i mean denny is the character that makes literally zero sense and josh hutcherson in that wig it was just perfect it was casting. hilarious um i i loved josh hutcherson in this movie are so, you googling denny I was googling Josh Hutcherson because I okay. knew the name, but I I couldn't place the face. Hunger Games. Yeah. Uh, the uh, in Disaster Artist when they have that scene and Josh Hutcherson goes, "I don't know how old I am," and he's like, "Character same age as you, like 15," and he's like, "I'm 26," and he's like, "Same thing." Like that's actually like how like in real in the room like when you're watching it like you're like. They're acting like this kid is a teenager and he's doing things that make no sense for a teenager to do, but he also looks like he's like 30 years old. Like he does not look like a teenager. Like Bama boy. Of all the problematic yeah, like, aspects way worse. of the room, I way think worse. Denny is the most problematic. He's also not only does he look 30 uh in the room, uh, but all of his lines are super creepy and like voyeuristic and like wanting to be like, like they, they shoot it for disaster artists, but there's a scene where uh, Tommy goes, oh, I'm going upstairs. Like Denny comes in and he's like, Oh, hi Denny. Like I'm going upstairs and he goes, cool. Can I come too?" Oh yeah. That was weird. <laughs> and then, Lisa goes like, I think he means me. Like I'm going with him. And then he just hangs around and then goes upstairs and joins a pillow fight. Yeah. And it is just ludicrous to watch. 
it, it's insane. Like you're like, how, how do any normal humans act like this? In Tommy's mind, normal humans act like this, but it's, they no normal human acts. Like pretty this. awful. You kind of talked me up on the room. Honestly, I <laughs> not on disaster. It's the room. I you, you can watch like YouTube compilations of the most like bat shit insane parts of that movie. Uh huh. 10 minutes and that's all you really need to to see it's i mean but i i would highly recommend to all of our tots out there find uh find a friend and a midnight screening and go see the room in theaters because it will not disappoint it is absolutely ludicrous and somehow just incredible like i i truly can't wait to go do it again do you know how you just lost scott more than anything midnight screening (laughs) Yeah, you can't get Scott out of that's the house true. at midnight. I mean, mine, I went for Marvel. Mine was ten. They don't. You don't have to do that anymore. Though, you so don't. You wouldn't. So it's been a while. Mine was ten p.m. But like most of the time, they're usually midnight screenings. So. Scott, are you still keeping up with Marvel? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Like that's like a full time job. Like Loki season two is actually fantastic. Loki season two is out. It yeah. has it, and and it is truly incredible. Yeah, it's some of the best MCU we've seen since Endgame. Yeah, I, I, I think it is the best since we've I just, since Endgame. I have a job. I can't watch like thirty hours of I'm content not, a week. I'm not know? watching. I'm not watching anything else. Marvel. Uh-huh. I was just really excited for Loki. For Loki. Loki season one was really good. Season two is even better. Okay. I don't have a Disney Plus subscription anymore, so I, I can't. Yeah, it's, season, it's not worth season it two is really. Good. Are you like going and seeing these movies in theaters? Are you going to see the the Marvels? Yeah, I already have tickets. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, if you invited me, I've seen know. every MCU movie and Disney Plus show do you that's still, live action. I haven't watched like all, although I did watch What If. Do you still enjoy it? Um, some of them are better than others. Uh-huh. There's been a couple really not great things. I wasn't a huge fan of She Hulk. Um, yeah, but you watched I, all of it? Yeah. Why? I don't, that's the only thing I really watch. That yeah, that's is like his, the movies for he, this podcast. He picked and a franchise. Like he's just living I in guess, that franchise. I mean, Jake, you said like, I have a job. I don't have time to keep up with this. But I guess if you only watch MCU, that kind of like evens out to the rest of us where we're watching non-MCU content. That's true. That's true. That makes sense. Zach like, and I are watching The Bear and, you know, my, all my Peaky Blinders. Yeah. Peaky Blinders and, is over. You, know, I'm, uh, you watch all The Sopranos. Of my free time is going to Baldur's Gate 3 right now. Well, but, yeah, and even uh, that, yeah. Eventually, I'll watch TV again. Uh, <laughs> is that a video game? Yeah. Jake, I have a lot of games to catch up on. Jake, yeah. I, I don't a, know how I knew that and you didn't. Especially because I talked to you about it because I thought you would like Baldur's Gate. Oh, that's the one you talked to me about. Yeah. And Baldur's Gate is like, it's like the big game right now. It's like it's a, three, right? It's the third one. Yeah. It's like a D and D type game. It is. It's D and D. Yeah. Uh, Jake, I have a question for you. Yeah. You had mentioned that you would absolutely hate going to like, uh, the room screening at midnight with all the fans. Uh, like why? Uh, that I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's different to watch a terrible movie with audience participation, but I hate participation and I hate when people are talking. I hate when people are clapping. I just want to watch the movie. Uh, so to have people like throwing spoons in the, like if I was watching a movie and then I got hit by a plastic spoon, uh-huh. I would lose my mind. Uh-huh. Like I just, I couldn't I, do it. I lost my mind too, but in the opposite yeah. way, I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> but may, maybe, You're like, <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> I think that, I think it's that like, this has been an option this whole time. I think that for a movie like this, where it's clearly not about the movie. Yeah then maybe I would feel differently. 
But and you don't need to be keyed into the dialogue and not know what's going because you're yeah. already just not going to know what's going on. Yeah. So maybe it would be different in this case because of all of that. But in general, I just I hate when anybody makes any noise during a movie. Because we've seen a few Marvel movies together and there's always clapping. Yeah, it's because Scott starts it most of the time because he knows I hate it. That's true. <laughs> he looks me in the face and then he starts I clapping. I normally like lean over <laughs> and he knows. And like make eye contact and, and then, then get my hands yeah. up. And then... Like I had to watch Spider-Man twice because I couldn't, I honestly didn't hear a lot of it. Uh, <laughs> Between my crying and Scott's clapping, yeah, it was just like so. Like that whole scene where all the Spider Men come out, I was like, I didn't hear any of this. Uh, so I'm gonna watch this again. You should have started some clapping during Oppie. You should have. I would have, but it was too hot, and that would have generated. <laughs> you were you were aggressively trying to regulate yeah. Scott. That yeah, would earlier when you were talking about generation. your your favorite movie experience of all time. I was like, oh, it wasn't the 118 degree movie theater that I watched Oppenheimer in. I was that was probably up there though. I right? was completely was up there, completely yeah. comfortable during that, and I'm the only one, apparently. Mm -hmm. But that was a solid movie watching. My shorts me. were drenched when we came out of the movie theater. I was so sweaty. I, I was wearing long pants. Yeah. I will say, I think of my top three, Zach, you were a part of two of them, of my favorite movie experiences of all time. Oppenheimer was a close, it was second for mm -hmm. sure. And then third was Cloud Atlas. Cloud, Al Cloud Atlas was special. Yeah. That was a, that was a great movie experience. I don't remember. This one is not one of my like top ones, but the disaster artist was actually kind of special for me too, because I got to see like an advanced screening. Oh, and there were some things that they kind of changed. I couldn't tell you what it was at this point. Um, but that was fun too. And uh, they like, you know, asked us some questions about the film afterwards and whatnot. But Cloud Atlas was really cool. I think especially because it just came down to the wire of can we even get in? <laughs> and then it also just blew our minds and was the best film we've ever seen, even today. And it was you free, right? Pick it. Oh, yeah. It was also free. It was free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd be open to watching it again. I know at the time I really disliked it, but I was also at the time not really into any kind of artsy movie. Here's the thing. Zach almost nominated this year and I rewatched it and it is super problematic. Oh, I, I, I yeah. encouraged us to not watch it because I was like, yeah, honestly, looking back like this, this did not stand up to like, uh, social criticism over time. That's kind of why I haven't rewatched it in a very long time. Yeah. You want to let it live and kind of, yeah. yeah, I have like a it's special, way. special memory of this but movie. Do you want to be it's the better that Do you way. want to be the guy who apparently really likes a problematic movie and then you're like, "Oh my gosh, I love this so much." And then you somebody's like, "That guy's a Here's cow. the thing. Here, I still love it that <laughs> much. Like yeah. I still love it just as much. I just don't want to have to like talk about it on the internet. And yeah. here's the thing. Okay. Whenever I, I don't I don't know how problematic it is. I've never seen it. So I don't know. Whenever I tell people and this doesn't happen often, like almost never. But if I tell people I like Cloud Atlas, it's never wow. Like that tells me something about your character. It's what's Cloud Atlas? Yeah, no I, one, no one knows of it. Really, no I'd, one's seen. Even it. before we did this podcast, I definitely heard of it. I never watched it. You I probably heard of it from them though. Like kind Maybe, of a yeah. kind of a funny anecdote uh, revolve or uh, um, uh, regarding JP. Friend, maybe slash enemy of the pod, JP. Friend of me, yeah, friend, <laughs> friend of me, friend of, of, of the pod. Uh, he apparently Ruiner got. Things good. Yeah, he apparently got a group together to go see Cloud Atlas for his birthday, and all his friends hated it and were really upset at him for making. <laughs> that's that's that makes me sad. <laughs> really, <laughs> dumbass birthday boy over here. That makes me really sad.
He probably deserved it. Did he bring his rats? Uh, he may have. Oh. Yeah. There were he no rats, rats featured in he the movie. Uh, so I doubt it. You oh. know, it wasn't like going to see, uh, uh does he only well, bring whatever. his rats? I forgot. Does the he rat? No. Content? Like when, Ratatouille? When there's, Ratatouille, yeah. When there's rats on the screen, you throw your rats in the air? <laughs> in <your> ra- yeah. <laughs> and you yell out, rats! And you throw them in the air. But like a handful of them. Not just one at a time. Yeah, yeah. Like a handful of rats. How many rats do you think you get in one hand? <laughs> They're kind of big. I don't know. Three. Three. If you, you freeze them. Three rats in one hand? If you well, freeze them and grab them by the tail. To oh, like throw up you gra- Are you grabbing them by the tail? Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, I can If you grab them by the tail, I could do it. You'd make like a rat king? They just... You do a lot. They don't like it very much, so they start trying to bite you. But yeah. I can I can get three rats sort of like between <laughs> my two hands to you know hoist into the air. I can see that. I don't know how high you could throw them like, like side that. by side. Just I can ah. see you grabbing them. I don't know how you'd be able to throw. I them. feel like, like our, they'd survive the fall and then they'd yeah. be mad at you. Yeah. Oh uh, well, not me. They'd be mad at whoever they landed on. That's true. <laughs> our our group needs to establish a thing that we bring to movie theaters and throw in the air whenever it happens. Not Jake spoons will never come with or us rats. to a movie not, again. Yeah, that's not spoons or rats. I mean, I would think it would be potatoes. Oh, God. That, we do some damage to some people, depending on what kind of potato <laughs> you get. Or tater tots. tater tots. We could throw tater tots. We just got to have like a pocket full of tater tots. Like Napoleon Dynamite? They should go tots. That might fly in a Napoleon Dynamite showing. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, would you go, go to us to watch Napoleon Dynamite at midnight with Tots in your pocket? Yeah. Every <laughs> every time Tots comes up, we throw a, a fistful of Tots you, into the air. That's not just the one scene. There's a couple scenes. I know. That's tots. what I'm saying. Yeah. It would be great. That'd be pretty funny. Especially because it's not a thing and people would be pretty upset. Uh, yeah. I'm down. All right. Well, what do you guys say we put this one in the books? Yeah. Uh, Tyler, this was your movie. Uh, I'm going to give this a 7.2. Uh, uh, <laughs> high marks. Dang it. I, I really, I, I could have done a lot out of that. And I, I really panicked. Jake. I'm going to give this, uh, I don't know. 6.5 girls not hit. <laughs> I did not. I'm going to give this a 6.8, uh, times to shoot yourself in the mouth and then get back up and shoot yourself in the mouth again. Zach? Solid. I'm going to give this seven high doggies. Oh, dang it. I was going to, at the end, I was going to be like, you know what? Never mind. 7.2 high doggies, <laughs> but frick. All right. This comes out to a 68%. Uh, so that makes it movie number 113 out of 153. Once again, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 91%, uh, so well under them. But I'm going to give it a 7.3, so fairly close to them. I feel like a, a meme movie, you can't trust the Rotten Tomatoes score because people are going to come and meme on it and be like, I like this. But I, I, was that the critic score? It's the critic score. Oh, the I critic have no idea. Score. I mean, that that most, shocks me. That we again, always use the critic this, score. This got nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. Like, this was a beloved movie when it came out. Like, nuts. yeah. Uh, Jake, we're going to you next week. Oh, we are. Uh, yeah. We're watching a, a movie that I picked for Zach, uh, Blade Runner. Zach, do you uh, do you have any uh, thoughts or regrets? <laughs> I I have no regrets. Dude, I think this episode is just going to be effed up.